This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to the 1871 podcast and yes the 1871 podcast is back for a second series with me Mark Roach, Royals fan Johnny Hunt and of course the legend that is Dylan Kerr my lord and can you believe it's been a whole year since our first ever episode in series one and coming up on Monday evening uh, very exciting. We are bringing you a special episode with former Royals manager Brian McDermott. And Brian will be talking about his struggles with alcohol and depression and how he's helping others facing similar challenges. So that's on Monday from 7 p.m. with special guest Brian McDermott. And our other guests coming up in Series 2 include Noel Hunt, Paul Holsgrove and former Royals assistant manager Colin Lee. So he's going to be talking about uh, his time at Reading with that successful team that that Dylan was involved in. But before all of that, this is our first episode since June last year, although actually it was the Dylan Kerr Q&A with Reading fans back then. So technically it wasn't actually an episode of the 1871 podcast, but what we've done, we've added it this month as an 1871 episode. So that's available to listen to now wherever you listen to your podcasts. And that's not all. We've also added another episode, which is a rewind to my April 2022 interview with Dylan. So if you'd like to hear all about Dylan's time at Elm Park in the 1990s, the time he got covered in chicken blood as part of a South African ritual, (laughs) and listen to him talk about his near fatal car accident during his time at Reading, Both of those episodes are available to listen to now. So here we are. The 1871 podcast is back for series two. And I'm going to explain how this came about. So one of the main reasons we've decided to start a new series is basically because Johnny's kept banging on about it for a while. That's that's fair, isn't (laughs) it? It, That's about right. That's about right, isn't it? So Johnny and I were at the Reading v Watford game um, we were talking about doing an anniversary episode, but talking of that game, that might be, Johnny, the last time 
that I get you to buy my ticket for me for a Reading game. Because when we arrived in the 1871 stand, Johnny went to a seat and I very quickly realised that I was sitting directly in front of a drummer. So what that meant is I I couldn't sit down for the entire game. You can't sit down in 1871 because everyone's standing up anyway. But I couldn't sit down even if I wanted to because the drum would have been literally about three inches apart from my eardrum. So uh, that wouldn't have been very good for my for my hearing. Um, now, I don't know if you remember, Johnny, but one thing I mentioned before that game was that I, I thought that Jeff Hendrick had been a good signing for Reading. So during the game, it was really interesting to hear a Reading fan behind me saying, Jeff Hendrick is terrible, he's having a really bad game. And then about 10 minutes later, he scored the uh, equaliser. So uh, that, that was quite interesting. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get started on our first episode of Series 2. And of course, we want to hear all about Dylan's new role in South Africa. We want to hear about Dylan being inducted, inducted, not abducted, inducted (laughs) into the Reading Hall of Fame. But Johnny, I'm going to start with you because I know you've you've done some uh, charity walks and a few other things since the, the last series, haven't you? So Tell us a bit about what you've been doing and what, what that's all about. Jeez, yeah, where are we now? So, yeah, the last time I think I was doing a walk when we were talking to, to Murty, um, someone on the way down to Bournemouth. Um, since then, back in September, I did a walk from Wicklow up to the Aviva Stadium, which is about 45 kilometres, uh, for a mental health charity over here uh, for the Green Ribbon Month. Planning to go over, hopefully all being well and good, in the end of March, early April, from Reading to Bristol City away, just for, uh, I think it's about, it's a longer one again, about 28 hours, we'll be, yeah, hopefully it'll work out. Um, yeah, and then planning, we've actually now, um, the Walk and Talk is now kind of attached to Bray Wanderers over here, we've got uh, some advertising at the ground, which is great, so we're going to get some more walks going here. And then on a slightly different note, next week is Eating Disorder Awareness Week, which is something I've had doing issues with in the past so we're doing an online question and answer session through shine the charity behind sea change here in ireland so if anyone wants to jump on you know hunty royal on twitter you know questions about what it is how it impacts on our lives especially again as you know men we don't talk about all our stuff and and it affects men as it affects women and some of the stigma and some of the, the issues around it to make it an everyday conversation again apart from that Working, chasing two kids around, nothing changes. And Reading are slightly better than they were this time last year. Yeah, we're come come for that. And and of course, we want to save the best till last. Let's be honest, Johnny, it's great having you on the show. And, you know, I've been a Reading fan, but the real kind of the legend here, we know full well is Dylan. So we're going to save. And he knows. Yeah, he knows as well. Um, so, so as for me, you, you mentioned kind of uh, supporting charity. So I've um, been doing the same. I've started supporting Alzheimer's Research UK. Uh, that's in memory of, of my dad who passed away uh, this time last year. Um, he had Alzheimer's. So I'm supporting them through my new business that I've launched last year, which is called Broadcast Reach. Um, <laughs> Broadcast Reach does broadcast PR. We do media training and podcasts. Surprise, surprise. And we've sponsored a football team. So we've sponsored Woodley Saints under-15s Kestrels. So shout out for them. I'm going to see them on on Saturday. So uh, looking forward to that. 
So good luck for the rest of the season to Woodley Saints under 15s Kestrels. And before we speak to Dylan, I've got a funny story for you. I saw my mum yesterday and she dug out a story that appeared on the Twyford page of the Maidenhead Advertiser back in August 1984. And it was about my dad, Brian Roach. Um, and it was about him becoming a director at Reading because he helped to stop the merger with Oxford United in 1983. And as a result of that, um, Roger Smee asked him to become a director. So there was a story in the Maidenhead Advertiser. And right at the end of the article, there's a quote from my dad. And he mentions my brother, Stuart Roach. He says, uh, oh, Stuart plays for Twyford Comets. But then my dad talks about me and his quote about me is that my other son, Mark, seems more interested in fishing than football. So uh, that, that's actually true. Back then, I was really big into fishing, but I then started my my journey into becoming a, a Reading fan and, you know, the record-breaking Royals and all that. But at that time, you know, I was into fishing, so I suppose that's fair enough. But anyway, without further ado, Dylan, tell us what you've been up to. So Reading, firstly, the Reading Hall of Fame back in September. Did you know that was going to happen, firstly? I did. I found out in August because they, they sent an invitation. Uh, could I could I be there? And unfortunately, I was I was at Swallows FC uh, as coach, and it wound it wounded up like that. We played two games. We lost both games. The second game we lost four nil. But I mean, it was a catastrophe for my players because they made four horrendous mistakes. And as you know, in football, when, when you get beat and then the chairman here are not happy with what you've done, um, they decided they wanted to, you know, change direction and get another coach, which which kind of, it hurt me a bit. Uh, actually, it hurt a lot, but because when we lost 4-0, we actually battered the team, you know, but we made four, my, my players made four horrendous mistakes. Whether they did it on purpose, I don't know. But, um, you know, we, we actually dominated the game. We we had, I think we had about a dozen shots on target and didn't score. They had four shots, scored four goals. And then I was, I was, uh, I was sacked basically. First time I've ever been sacked. And the day after, obviously, um, I had a, I actually had a celebration. With some friends in South Africa, uh, at the time that the awards ceremony was taking place in Reading, so I did a video link with them and thanked them for such an amazing honour. And you know, so I had a bad day the day before and I had a good day the next day. So uh, it's it's an honour, it's a privilege to to be in the company of some amazing names at that football club. And I was just telling my player who was next to me, Spoo. I was only there for three years. I was only there for three years. It's like, I'm not like Jilksey or Parky um, or Mertz or, you know, I was there for such a short time. But, you know, to be recognised by a football club for the the work that you did both on the field and off the field, because, you know, not a lot of people know Reading Football Club. I did a lot of a lot of charity work with, with, with uh, people in, in the whole of Berkshire, not just Reading. You know, especially you know uh, when it comes to young footballers, and you know it, it was just a, it was just a great honour, and 
you know, I'm, I'm so glad Johnny persuaded you to do this because it was a good, it was a good year last year. You know, we, we brought in some great guests, some great former players. Brian's going to be speaking on Monday. Um, since we did that first podcast with Brian, you know, I've, I speak to him weekly, you know, just to, just to see how we're going and what we're doing. So it's been good. Good. And, and there's, I think I'm right in saying there's 125 on the Hall of Fame. So that's less than one a year since Reading have, have been going. So it is actually, although 125, you know, as a number is, you know, quite high in terms of the amount of players that have played for Reading. It's, it's a fairly short list, isn't it? So, I mean, that's, you know, we're talking about Reading legends. So we we all knew it anyway, Dylan, to be honest. But, um, and, and like Johnny said, I think, I think you did too. So probably not too much of a surprise, was it? No, I mean, I was told not to tell anybody. No, the yeah. Reading Football Club said, please do not tell anybody. You can tell your nearest and dearest. And, you know, my, <laughs> the nearest and dearest is dead. So I couldn't tell her. I couldn't even tell her. So, you know, it was, um, I say it was a great, it was a, I, I never expected it. I never, I never thought about it, you know, and um, it's just, like I said, it's just an honour, you know, that, you know, for, for the work that I did, especially in that first season when we got promoted. You know, we, we have, we, we spoke about it before. We had good, good times and bad times at the football club. You know, the, probably the worst time was not playing at Wembley. You know, that's your kid's dream. But, you have to accept it. Management, big teams, as I do, you know. And uh, like I said, it's uh, it's a tough gig to play. And and when when you're a manager, you've got to real, you know, the pros and cons of who's best team to play on the day. If you win, it's amazing. If you lose, then you, you, you're the villain. And you know, it's, it's, it, it, like I say, somebody posted a picture of Curtin's farm and how how badly it is now. And it just brought so many memories because I stayed at Curtis Farm for a year. I lived there for a year. You know, it was it was it was unbelievable. But you know, and you know, pictures of Utopia and you know Washington Heights. I mean, there, there were three. I think there were three pubs in Reading, and there were one night, two night, three nightclubs: Balbons, uh, Washington Heights, and Utopia. And now look at Reading. It's, it's it's a different vibe. It's a different city. It's it's amazing now. You know, so. Yeah, you know, being being a part of history, and this is what I try and tell my players. You know, it's okay being a footballer, but you've got to win things. You've got to win something. You know, and then you'll be forever remembered, two hundred yeah. years down the line when you're dead. Helen, can I ask you a question? Yeah, have you forgiven me for not picking you in our best ever Reading team yet? No, no <laughs> never. <laughs> never. I want to mention that, you know. You know, I you know, I know I know how you know emotional you get, Johnny, but uh no, no, never forgive forgotten. Well listen, let us re- let's remember, Dylan, and it was you know, you and you think about uh Shaka Hislop, Jimmy Quinn, uh Simon Osborne, some great players, obviously Michael Jilks as well. Uh, and you know, let's not forget the only reason that, that Reading didn't go straight up to the Premier League from what is now League One in successive seasons is because that season um, of that playoff final, the league was being restructured. So Reading finished second. Any other year, they would have gone up automatically into the Premier League. I mean, you know, my 
my history of supporting Reading goes back to the the mid nineteen eighties, the record breaking Royals. So that is one of my all time favourite Reading teams. The team that you played in. I'm not just saying this, but genuinely that team. Just such a great side to watch. Simon Osborne was just brilliant in midfield, wasn't he? Jimmy Quinn, all the goals. Stuart Lovell, Shaka and goal. There were so many characters. You and Andy Banal and, you know, Darius Dovchet, what a player he was. Um, you know, just a, a great time to to be a Reading fan and just so unlucky that you were we- that Reading team in that restructuring year. Um, finishing second by Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, look, you, you know, every, everybody's got a story about football clubs, you know, and, and I've been lucky because as a 16-year-old at Sheffield Wednesday, I got brought up in, in, in a football family where nobody was a big hitter, everybody had a responsibility and everybody, you know, were, were, were brought into the club to get promotion. And and that's what Howard Wilkinson did in his first season. We got promoted at Sheffield Wednesday. We finished behind Chelsea. Um, I came to South Africa. You know, I blew, I blew my career in, in England. My fault, totally my fault. I know I've got nobody else to blame but myself. Uh, by the way, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I've got no regrets. You know, I've 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 done things as sixteen and seventeen year old uh, could never imagine. You know and. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, I can always tell a good story or two, uh, but it'd have to be censored. <laughs> um, and then coming back to Leeds United, the same thing. I would took over at Leeds, and he had that family mentality. And thank God, Gordon Strachan phoned me because I'd already agreed to go to Huddersfield. And Gordon Strachan phoned me and said, "Look, you know, will you go and speak to Mark McGee and Colin Lee?" I drove down to Pangbourne. Wow. I mean, the, the training facility at Coombe Park was amazing. And then, um, you know, I came down and it was just from the, from day one, we, we, we just had this vibe at the club. And we went to the, I don't know what the pub's called now. Um, is, it the, is it the Swan in Pangborn? I remember after, after about three weeks of pre-season, you know, we decided it was myself and... Mickey Gooding decided to go to the Swipes one for the day and not one player left. I mean, I, I think we closed the pub down at 11 o'clock, you know, when it closed back in the day. And it, it, I just knew then, you know, we, we, we wanted something. And it's just unfortunate that Mark McGee, okay, was it for money? Was it for, you know, the for a bigger team? Obviously, Leicester City were a lot bigger than, you know, so-called Reading. Um you know, but I think if it have stayed, I think we'd have won promotion outright. I think we'd have we'd have been top of the league, um, getting into the playoffs. It's you know the the <laughs> it's it's a tragedy when you lose in playoffs because the money involved is is ridiculous. But you can't fault anybody for 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 the effort that we did because we, you know, Reading Football Club playing at Elm Park. You know, no, nobody would imagine that we'd, we'd finish second in the league. And unfortunately, like, say, like you've said, they, they cut the league by 20 teams and we were one of those that suffered from it. So, But we, we, had, we had laughs. We, we, we enjoyed it. Nobody nobody took offence to a, a bollocking. Nobody took offence to getting, you know, um, told off or, you know, be reprimanded. It, it, it was just like we were, we were, we were a community. And, I, and, and 
when we when Jimmy and Jordy took over, um, we were still training at Coombe Park. We, we we were cooking his own food. Jeff Hopkins was injured, and he would make pasta, you know, after training, and it, just just little things like that, you know, and that. that that's what football is about for me. And that's what I've tried to take into my football as a coach and as a manager. And and so far, it's worked. But on a different scale, not promotion. You know, yes, we want to have won trophies. But the majority is like, you know, making sure that we have the right appetite and the right sacrifice in football clubs to do what you're paid to do, which is win games. Yeah, well, let, let, let's, um, let's come to that now. And Johnny, what I'd like to do after talking about um, what Dylan's doing now. Um, I'll hand over to you to talk about the the current Reading team. Um, but Dylan, just on touching on what you said there. So um, you've, you've got a, a reputation, a bit like, uh, I'm not comparing you to Neil Warnock, but obviously Neil, Neil <laughs> Warnock, you mentioned Huddersfield. So Neil, Neil Warnock's like known as being a certain type of manager to help in a certain type of situation. <laughs> He's coming at Huddersfield in South Africa. You've now got this reputation. You've won, you've won, you know, a number of trophies in a number of different countries. So you've won cups, you've won league titles in, you know, you won back-to-back league titles in Kenya, um, and in South Africa now. Which brings us to your latest role. You've got a reputation of taking over teams in the relegation zone and keeping them up. So exactly the same situation came up at Maruma Gallants in the South African Premier League. Bottom of the table, you come in, all of a sudden, three wins in a row. So tell us a little bit about how that came about. Well, I was in Durban. You know, I've been living in Durban, which is nice because it's on the coast. And it's got the Indian Ocean. Unfortunately, for four months, we weren't allowed to swim because the, 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 the sea was, or the ocean was full of E. coli. So, you know, you, you could only swim in certain areas and in Schlanger, you weren't allowed to swim. So it was it was nice being, you know, on the coast, but, you know, nobody was on the beaches because you couldn't swim. But I ent- I actually went, t- uh, Marumo Gallants and my former team, TTM, who won the Ned Bank Cup, and the one, the last, uh, the second last team that I came to, to again, to keep the, the PSL status. And, I went to watch Gallant play against Amazulu on the when on the Wednesday, uh, no, on the Tuesday, and they played. No, sorry, they played on Saturday, and on the Friday they played against Golden Arrows. Now they'd not won since October. The chairman was in Durban, and he called me on Saturday morning and asked to speak to me. So I went. I was walking down the beach, met him for a coffee. He asked me what we could do, and I said, "Look, chairman, you, you need to score goals. You, you you're playing." You're playing football for percentages of possession. You know, you're not trying to score goals. Uh, and he said, would I come back? And I went, no, because you've got a coach. You know, I'm not going to be disrespectful to the previous coach. And then on Sunday morning, he called me and he said, can you fly up this afternoon? And I said, no, it's too... Until you until it's official. Um, and then Sunday evening, he phoned me and says, I booked you a ticket. I put the coach on gardening leave, special leave. And I flew up. He picked me up at the airport. But we drew. We drove back, which took us four hours. Um, he told me what he wanted to do, which is save his club. We've got nine league games. Well, we had ten league games. We've got nine league games. We've got five Confederations Cup games, which is kind of the Euro, Europa League 
which I'm watching right now, Barcelona and Man United. We won our first game on Sunday against a team from Libya and we play a team from Democratic Republic of Congo on Sunday in Zambia because they haven't got a facility and there's a war going on, so it wasn't going to be safe. And also we're in the Ned Bank Cup where we've just been drawn against league leaders, uh, Mamelodi Sundowns. So his, his, his remate, as they say, uh, his mandate is to keep in the P- PSL because that's where the money is. See how far we can go in the Confederations Cup because that's where the dollars are. And if we win the Ned Bank Cup, you know, they've been, they, they lost in the final last year. They won the final the previous year with me in charge. Um, who knows? If you're, you, you've got to be the best teams in the league to, to get to the final. And, and there's no reason we can do this. We can't do this. So, uh, and it's been good. I mean, the atmosphere has been brilliant. I've been back two weeks. We've won three games, two cup games, one league game. And I've brought, I've brought smiles and happiness and a sense of meaning to them to, to, to enjoy football again. And yeah. again, I've, I've taken it, I've taken it from Reading. I've taken it from Leeds. I've taken it from Kilmarnock. Take it from every club I've been with. Because if you get that family, of players that want to play for you, then then you'll never you'll never fail. You'll never fail. You'll always succeed. And Dylan, you mentioned earlier that you've uh, one of your players that isn't travelling for the next game is um, is with you now. Is he still there? Because we want to ask him a yes, question. So what's so do you want to introduce? What's his name? Spoo, Spoo, sir. Oh, uh, well, nice, nice S-B-U, to you. Nice to, nice to, nice meet, to you. meet you. So my, my question to you is, can you tell us what Dylan's really like as a manager? And we, we don't think he's told you how to answer this question. So honestly, what do you think of him as a manager? Um, for me, sir, I think I really enjoy um, Coach Dylan's coaching, especially because one of my, my goals, as young as I am, is to is to make it in Europe. And I know it's going to be a difficult journey, but working with him gives me a a taste and a window into seeing how things are done that side. And I cherish every moment I, I actually work with him because he he knows how to bring the best out of me. Since he's been back, I've been, I actually have my confidence back. And like he was alluding, everyone at the club is is really enjoying the football that we're playing, scoring goals. It's very competitive and there's something to play for. We, One of the things he keeps saying at training is that I think we have about 19 more games left in the season and he keeps saying we have 19 cup finals. And for him to instill that mentality within us and showing us how important every single game is and how important winning is, I feel like it's, it's very important. And I actually appreciate him coming back and taking this opportunity because... He was actually the coach that brought me to the club and things didn't work out for him here with the, with the team and he left. And since he's come back, I feel like myself again. And he's honestly one of the best coaches I've worked with. And I honestly hope the best for him and for him to keep up with me. And hopefully one day I'll see you guys in person and maybe play for Reading. I can only yeah, hope. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll look out for you. And just, just one more question. Um, what is it that he that he's brought in terms of his personality? Because you've won, 
you've won three games in a row since since he came in. And obviously, you know, he's got you playing a certain way, but what about his personality? Is, is that something that's given the players a, a lift as well? Yes, I think his personality is very influential. He's he's not someone that, um, how can I say, he's he's never down. There's never a day where he's dragging himself about. He's always the one that gives us enthusiasm. He he picks everyone up with his mood. It's it's impossible for us not to enjoy training, just simply based off of his energy and his presence at the club. And he's always in a good mood, and that just affects everyone in and around him. And all we do is just take his energy, I guess, and we take that and we apply it on the field. And we we give him what he wants, and it, it's working. So yeah, great personality to have back at the club. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us on on this episode. You know, and, and good luck for the rest of the season. And maybe we'll see you at Reading one day. Not maybe. Definitely. <laughs> good stuff. So, look, Johnny, I'm going to hand over to you talking about Reading, the current side. Um, yeah. You know what? Have a have a chat with Dylan about what's going on because in the in the last year since we started doing the podcast last year, it's fair to say that that things have improved. You know, Brian McDermott, we've already mentioned him, the episode on Monday. Uh, he talked about the importance of a uh, director of football. He talked about the importance of an effective scouting network. And then lo and behold, whether they were listening or not, that happened. Things have improved. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts and what do you want to ask uh, Dylan about the current side? Well, first thing, Dylan, I just want to ask you very quickly, like, before we go on to Reading, have you got your... Uh... Visa stuff sorted out yet? For the no, the ma- no, no, no. Still a problem. Still a problem. I'm the only coach, um, foreign coach. Um, it's all. It's all about money. It's all about who you can pay um, to to get these visas. You know, and uh, Amazulu hired a coach um, who's French, Moroccan, whatever country he's from, and he got a visa within four days. You know. But apparently, you know, the football club are very close to the ANC, so they, they, they. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. You know, and, um, whether it takes another four, five, six weeks. I'm on the system. I've been on the system for three years, so it it makes no sense why they cannot just go from Swallows to Marumo Gallant. Yeah, I'm on the system. Yeah. I've had a health check. I've had a medical. I've had a X-ray. I've done my police report. Or my police disclosure, whatever. I'm on the system, so why? And it's, it's all about money. It's all about money, yeah. you know. So um, I'm stuck in the stands. But I learned. I've learned. I learned a lot from the last job, Johnny. I learned a lot from Swallows. That yeah. that was that was an horrendous experience where players weren't getting paid. I was the one that was going to be the scapegoat when I, when I when I was told I was no longer the coach. I actually. I didn't get angry. I didn't get mad, and I should have. I should have really got mad because the people involved in the club didn't really understand, you know, where we were and 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 how we were and how we got to this this stage where I rescued them from basically going out of business. I yeah. saved their status and I saved their club because if they'd have gone down, they won't they won't exist anymore. Um, but football's all about results, especially in this country. So it's a results uh, results based 
league because of the financial implications. We are 18 points. We've got nine games left. Five at home, four away. I think, confidence-wise, I think we can win all nine. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. We've got five confederation. Uh, we've got another five games in confederation, which we've won one. We play on Sunday. Then we go to Algiers the following Sunday. Then we've got a league. No, we've got a cup game. And then three days later, we've got a league game, which is the thing that we, we need to concentrate on. But, yeah, this work visa situation, I just don't get it, you know. I'm, I'm doing. I'm trying to do it proper. I'm trying to, but yeah, looks like I'm going to be stuck in the stands for a, a while again. Doing a good job, mate. Uh, what do you think of uh, you know since last year, Dylan? We talked about how last season ended. What have you made? Have you seen many of the games this season under Paul Lintz and and how the team's been performing? What do you make of it all? I, actually, when when Reading have been on TV in the UK, we get it here. So um, I have I have seen it. I'm. Um, I mean, when they were losing one and a half time, our good friend uh, Alex Bissett, like you know, he, he posted on Facebook, me back at Reading, blah blah blah. I spoke to Jilsey today. I actually spoke to Jilsey um, and Keith McPherson and Jeff Hawkins. They're coming. They're going to come and do the show. And uh, Jilsey politely said, you know, I can't do it at the moment. Uh, we're, we're under so much pressure. So. And I said to him, Jonesy, well, this is this is ideal to, to relieve that pressure because there's a lot of people that want to hear your, you know, history about Reading Football Club. Yeah. So he will do it. He will do it. I just think, the, the, you know, the time is, just needs to be a bit a, a bit better for him. But um, the, 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 the hit and miss at the moment, you know, they're the, the playing well. I mean, I think it was the lowest crowd Reading have had for a, for a long time against yes, yeah. uh, Rotherham. You know, and it's it's a shame because you know it's it's a massive club. It's got an amazing stadium, you know, and and you know you just you just want them to just turn that corner and and get a you know a run of results going. You know, yeah. kind of like what I've got to do. I've got to, I can't draw games, Johnny. I've got to win games. Yeah, you know, drawing games doesn't work. The 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 PSL um, relegation is twenty nine points. You know, so if you get 30 in the playoffs, you get 31, you're safe. You know, we, we've, we've got three out of 27. We've still got another 27 to play for. I think we can do it, and, and I believe in the players can do it. Yeah. But the problem is we've got we've got six Confederation uh, Cup games plus a Ned Bank Cup game. So it's re- we're really up against it, but it's how we manage it. Now, you know, I manage like, players like Sabu, who was only a young boy, that's got ambitions and dreams. He just has to realise that, you know, to 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 reach those heady heights of being in England and being in Europe, you've got to perform to the best every single day. And yeah. if you're not, then it, it, it becomes hard. And 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 I find that I, I I can't believe what he said. I mean, I'm so touched with what he said. You know, but but it's true. You know, I have to go to work. With thirty-two problems, you know, and 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 then thirty-two problems is who to pick the best eleven, and and right now I've got, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, you know. Yeah. Those problems uh, are going to be a good thing for me and the football club, and I think that's what Reading Football Club need. Uh, Portland has got problems with injuries, and you know, 
Do you, do you of, find of those issues that you know affect? Do you, do you find that, like personally with Paul, I, I find it is coming is negative talking sometimes about a team. Our objective is to stay up, but when there's opportunities to be more positive, and I, you know the game me and Mark watched, you know, for sixty five minutes, it was so you know you're at home, you're sitting back. The game on Rotherham game was pretty similar, and then we got a goal, and then all of a sudden you're on the front foot. Why does it take so long for a team to get going? Do you know you, you, you've played, you've coached? Do you get where I'm coming from on that kind of mindset? Yeah, look, you, you, you know, players. players you, I, 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 I learn every day. I learn every day. You know, I used to swear. I used to swear a lot at swallows, and that, and and it was the f word. You know, it wasn't really? the C you next Tuesday. The f word. You know, and 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 it and it frustrates you. And I'll give you an example. We played a cup game uh, against this team from Libya, and they were poor. They were poor. They don't. They didn't travel well, and and the season they've not played for two months, so they weren't really at match fit, fitness. They weren't at the level. We won four one, so you'd expect me to be happy, but I was livid. I was raging because we should have won. We should have won. No lie, we should have scored fourteen goals. The keeper made three point blank saves, but then three point blank saves were tappings, you know. But the, the way that the players. Shoot here, it's 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 a different it's a different headache the way they shoot. We had two girls dislodged for our side. Um, from a performance point of view, I was I was delighted, but you know you've got to keep your players. Mike McGee and Colin Lee did that. Mike McGee and Colin Lee did that. They they kept the players happy. They kept the players focused. There was not a day in training where. We we didn't want to come to training. We didn't think, oh, I'm going to throw an injury, you know, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm I'm tired. I'll make an excuse not to train. We had to train because we all wanted to play, and the reason we all wanted to play is because we were happy. Sabu, you know, he, he's desperate to play. He's going to get his opportunity next week when we go to Algeria. He's desperate to play, and and that's because he wants to be in this squad and he wants to be on on this journey. And I think Paul Ince has always been, you know. As a player, aggressive and a winner, you know. And but I think sometimes you need to be realistic of what you've got. But tell the players how good they are. Tell the players how positive they are. Tell the players, you know, that they've got they've got something to go for. You can get the playoffs. Why? Why? Why are you surviving? We're we're bottom of the league. I'm not talking about relegation. I'm talking yeah. about the top eight. I'm talking about we win the next nine games. We, we can finish fifth in the league, which is great. You know, so why can't we finish fifth in the league? What, what's going to stop us? It's not the opposition. It's how we play. And if I keep them players focused, I keep them motivated, I keep them believing, and I keep their energy, then this is a big risk running for me. A massive risk. Remember, I've four teams up. This is the fifth team I've been employed to, to, to save them and, and save the PSL status. So it was a big ask, and it, it was a big, it was a big question that the chairman asked me to come and save my team. But I never thought, oh, you're bottom of the league, and you can't score goals, and you haven't won since October. You've only won two game, two games out of eighteen. I never thought about that. I just thought, yeah, yeah. None of the players looking at the squad, we've got a chance, and that's what I think Paul Ince needs to 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 bring into that dressing room, that optimism, that you know. That that 
goal-getting mindset. Right, listen, we're playing against we're playing against the top of the league. Let's, let's go beat them. Let's go beat them and get Reading fans back in back on his side. Get the Reading fans back at, at, at the Medinsky. Get the Reading fans, you know, supporting one of the best teams in in in, in South London. So, you know, but the pressure of the football. It's, it, 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 I can imagine the financial implications for Reading Football Club to get re- to get relegated. Will will you know again put put them in a bad uh, bad situation? Do you think they'll stay up where we are now and and what we've got with yeah. the squad? Which which yeah, yeah I do, despite I do. the embargo, the, the the players we've got in Andy Carroll, Shane Long, they've done pretty well recruitment wise, haven't they? Despite all those restrictions. Yeah, I mean you know it's. Uh, the, I don't think Paul Ince wants it on his CV that he's been relegated. I don't. I don't want. I don't like the fact that I've been sacked on my CV. Yeah. But then again, you know, I think the more times you get sacked, the more times you fail in a football club, the easier it is to get a job in in football. You know, because it's, you know Neil Warnock. You know, he's he's back in football, seventy four years old. What a what a what a what a what a legend. You know, but I've applied for it. I applied for this field. I've applied for Motherwell. I've applied for Aberdeen. I've applied for. Um, um, who did I apply for the other day? Um, I applied for MK Dons, and my, my, my good friend Mike Jackson got that job. I applied for Forest Green Rovers. Duncan Ferguson got that job. You know, I I look at my career and my CV, and I'm absolutely delighted with it. There's, there's every every club I've been at, I've done something. I've made a success of it. I haven't I haven't got anybody relegated. I've not got. I've won every trophy that I've played for. I've, I've saved four teams from relegation that they were written off and they were going to go down. And yet, they don't look at that. They look at the name. They look at agents, look at, you know, bringing in foreigners, you know, which is fine, you know. I'm not bitter about that. But when you look at my, when you, when, when I look at my CV and see winner, 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 hang on, it, it's got this big W on it, you know. I've won things and I've done things with clubs that, it's unimaginable compared to what it is in England and Scotland. But the one is with Paul Lintz as well, doesn't it? I mean, he's out of management for eight years, and how all of a sudden he gets a management job? I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying that how does that? You've been in the job constantly over the last few years. He was out of the game for that long, and all of a sudden gets a management job again. Is it because who you know? Is it a click? Is it a? I think I think it is. I think you know you, you, need, you need the good agent. We, we had this chat before about. Reading, you know, the agent that is is working alongside this club is probably been the downside of, of you know Reading in recent years, and it's well known. It's well known in, in the football circles, you know, of coaches and and players, you know that you know certain agents have a certain say in who comes to the club, who doesn't come to the club, you know, and it's you know it, it, they started off so well, then they, then they took a little dip. Then they've been. It's like a roller coaster. They're up and down, you know. But it's it's. I think Paul's got. I think I think Paul's got the respect to the people that's working with him and and and, and the players he, that's playing for him. And he just needs to go on a run. He just needs to go. He just needs yeah. to get the confidence back to a different to another level, you know. And probably he's probably the biggest critical 
um, person of himself because of his the way he used to play and the, the, you know obviously he was the captain of Man United you know and what a great career he had in football so he's got a bit of pride that you know he maybe see this season through and then once that embargo goes and then build a club that he thinks can challenge to get in that Premier League again um, I don't know how Burnley uh, finished last night but apparently yeah. if they won it 11 games it was a new record 11 consecutive wins in the in the English uh, Championship you know why can't Reading do that you know so and I, I have heard Johnny I have heard in reports that you know it's it, it's the the players have been the ones that have let the, the team down you know it's, it's not just the management you know where the players have you know are not playing to the to the potential that they could do Dylan, I've got got a question for you because obviously it's the first episode of of the second series. Um, But this is something that, you know, you you were a Man United fan, you're a Reading fan, played each other recently in the FA Cup and there was a lot of controversy about, you mentioned Andy Carroll (laughs) and uh, I think we all agree he's he's done well for for Reading by and large. You know, he's he's been a a really good player in his career. Um, But he got, you know, a lot of, criticism and abuse for that tackle on on Ericsson. Did you see that game? I did. I did, you know, and well, look, what did you, you, know, you can't it? tackle anymore in football. It's just that's how football used to be played and you know now players are so pampered and so looked after. You know, it's it, it, you know he's going to get he's going to get vilified from a lot of, from from a lot of fans, especially the United fans. You know, but it's it's a passion. It's the you know it's a cup game. You played at Old Trafford. You know you 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 come into the twilight of your career. You want to go into the next stage of the FA Cup, beating Man United at Old Trafford. You know you, you that's what you'll do. I mean, we we used to play you know five sides at Reading, and Mickey Goodwin was always your first pick because he was a little he was a little nippy. Sweetie, as they call him in Scotland, you know, it was, was a little Rottweiler. It was he, he, he was the one that you know, you got your energy from him because he could run all day, you know, and 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 he and he was in his late thirties, you know, when it was when when I was there, you know, and that's a, that's the kind of play you need in 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 football, you know, here in, in South Africa, you know, p- players they they go down and they roll around, you know, they've not even been touched. And my pet hate in, in, in football in this country is goalkeepers. They will go down every 10 minutes with cramp. I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And they get away with it, you know, and it's, it, it, it spoils the game. You know, the, the, the keeper will make a world-class save, a, a proper worldie, Mark. And then next thing, the stretcher's coming off to carry him off because he's, you know, he's it, probably... Clipped a nail, or he's you know he's, he's misplaced a, a hair, you know, on his head. It happens a lot, mate. I've been a goalie. It's, it's quite, you know, no, I don't know. It happens here. Dylan, have you, have you seen Johnny's dodgy finger from his goalkeeping days? Have you seen that? Let's have a look. Oh, oh. yeah. We, we maybe we'll put a clip of that. He's, he's got <laughs> a uh, he's got a dodgy finger. He broke his finger playing in goal. So that's a proper injury. Anyway, look, that that's it for uh, episode one. You want sorry? It must have been small goals. 
Yeah, I think. Hey, mate, got, John McGinley five. took over in goal from me. That's how bad it was. Who? John McGinley, yeah. when he was at Yeovil, he took over in goal at the yeah. old uh, Hewish, Hewish ground. He said, oh, we man, get out of goal. I felt about five in in about half an hour. Sad, well, huh? listen, listen, chaps, uh, really <laughs> pleased to have you both back to be doing the second series. We've got loads to talk about. Dylan, we're going to be following your progress in South Africa. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the current Red Inside, Paul Ince and the players and so on. And and we've got some great guests coming up and um, none more so than uh, Brian McDermott on Monday evening. And that episode is available from 7pm. So um, welcome back to the 1871 podcast to both of you, to Johnny, to Dylan. Thanks very much for your time again and uh, looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.